Holy crap, welcome to episode 45 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We've got two segments for you this week. Uh, kicking things off, myself, Zach, and Danny just talk about games we've been playing recently. After that, I'm joined by Don and Danny to talk about all the great uh, games that just came out in Japan and Europe that uh, have yet to grace the shores of North America. Enjoy. Welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. I'm joined today by Danny Bivens. Hello. And Zachary Miller. Our show is Streets Ahead. Yes, it is Streets Ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm worried because I feel like I started the segment I recorded Sunday the exact same way. So it's just going really? to start exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much with the change of names, obviously. Um, <laughs> subbing you for, for Dom. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So this segment, um, we're going to be a little casual with this one. Uh, not really much of a topic, just what we've been playing recently. Um, Neil's gone on vacation, and everyone was kind of busy this week, so I thought we'd just do something a little easy and just talk about games we've been playing. Not much planning there. So it's kind of my uh, easy out for this week. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know what? Let's go ahead and start with Zach, I think. Zach, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of the 8-bit summer games, which are, uh, most of them are really good. Nice. Um, I, I beat Kid Icarus 2. That was a surprisingly good game. Um, I, let's see, Kid Icarus 2, a Wario Land, I played through Wario Land. You know, I didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, really? It's very boring. It's very slow moving and, and boring. I definitely agree with you about the slow moving. Uh, that's for sure, especially compared to the sequels. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, in my, you know, more recently I've played Wario Land 4 and Shake It and even 3 and, uh, and, and 1 just, it, it's clearly trying to be different than the Mario Land games, but it kind of sticks to those roots a little bit with the hats. Uh, and, uh, just can't decide what it wants to be. So I feel like the level design is a little boring, and, and he moves very slowly, and I don't like it very much. I can't wait for 2 to come out, because that's where the Wario Land series really takes off on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, other than that, let's see. Sort of Hope 2 is better than I thought it would be. Uh, I'm not going to beat it, but it's not awful. <laughs> and uh, Oh, Kirby's Pinball Land is a lot worse than I remember it being. Oh, really? Um, Oh, because the ball is magnetically attracted to the gutters. <laughs> oh, does it kind of like cheat you? Like it kind of pulls you that way? A sometimes? little bit, a little bit. Um, huh. And it's incredibly easy to, um, like the physics are such that 
uh, you're not always really sure where the ball's going to go next when it bounces yeah. off something. Um, that's partially because the ball is huge, so you don't really know where its center is, and uh, also because the course design is just, everything's very enclosed. So I used to love that game. I don't love it so much anymore. And <laughs> you know, I, th- I, th- I think today we kind of take pinball games for granted, you know, like you just like, oh, okay, great, another, another pinball game. But it, back in the day, I mean, the, it really took a lot to get the physics down. A, a game I played a lot, which was sort of like pinball, um, was Sonic Spinball. I never I, played that. Uh, it's it's pretty bad, but it's a game that I just like forced myself to play as a kid because I love Sonic, and you know you get a game and you're not going to get another one for at least a few months, so you just kind of force yourself to play it. Sure. And that that also had very like awful uh, like ball physics, if you will, hedgehog physics, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, because this uh, Kirby, this was a um, a Game Boy game, right? Yeah, ancient Game Boy game came out right after uh, uh, Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, so I guess I'm not not surprised yeah. that uh, there might be a little a little trouble there. And then the the last the last virtual oh go ahead go uh, ahead. I was Danny. gonna say yeah, my family we had Kirby's Pinball in also when I was growing up, and it, I remember it being a lot of fun. But I mean, you know, as a kid, you can look past, you know, yeah. automatic, you know, the ball basically automatically going down the shithole or whatever you want to call it on the side. And, <laughs> yeah, but. Man, that's kind of disappointing. It's, you know, believe it or not, it's actually not out in Japan yet, Kirby's uh, Pinball. That's weird. Yeah. You you have Kirby's Pinball, I mean, Kirby's Dreamland 2, right? Yes. Man, that's the good one. Yeah, and I I have it on the, my 3DS, you know, from the 3DS Virtual Console, and I have it on the Kirby, you know, Special Collection as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, the collection, Um, yeah. Is it stretched out, or do they put it in a border? Oh, no, they put it in, like, a border type of thing, so it it, it looks pretty nice, so... Oh, I want that collection. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's pretty awesome. And then I've been playing. I've started getting into Mole Mania. I can't decide if I like it or not. Oh yeah, I heard some people on Twitter talking about that. Yeah, it's it's good, but it's also slow moving and kind of odd. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. You know what I'm excited for with this? It's not really the eight bit summer. It's more like the summer of Mario. I think maybe they're calling it. Yeah, um, but next I haven't. Month. Yeah, I haven't picked up um, Mario Land 2 yet, but I remember loving it as a kid, so I'm excited for when that goes on sale. Um, I think it's the final weekend of, of the um, of the event, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I'm I think excited you're right. for that to go on sale and, and pick that up and remember, see if my uh, childhood memories hold up. They probably don't. Well, you know, actually, I played through the game a couple of months back for my f- the first time ever. Um, I actually, I didn't have very many Game Boy games growing up, and it really wasn't until Pokemon that my Game Boy love started to kind of really build up but you know after playing it just a couple months ago um i thought it was actually pretty good there's a lot of really cool stages and really good music in the game too Uh, yeah i was really impressed yeah that's what i kind of remember and it's just so those land mario land games are just so different from the uh you Mm -hmm. know the traditional mario games it's kind of uh it's kind of cool i really i bought mario land when it was on sale I, i mean i have the cartridge but i am a whore (laughs) <laughs> so it, it was nice to have it on the 3DS. You know, I beat it in 20 minutes, but it's a fun little game. <laughs> and, and It is. I like it a lot. It's just quirky. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's, quirky. And the music's yeah. great. Yes. Yes. Maybe I'll open this segment with some uh, Mario Land music. Ooh, <laughs> do the, uh, do the uh, water stage. Not the underwater stage, but when you're hopping on the robots. Okay, I'll have to check <laughs> it out. I don't, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but so I'll good. find it. Uh, but but, but um, that's all the Nintendo stuff I've been playing. And then my brother-in-law was here for a week, 
and we played. We started playing through uh, Darksiders One. I've played through it before, but I want to play through it again because I'm super excited about Darksiders Two. And uh, if if you guys haven't played Darksiders, man, it's good. I haven't, but th- this is a game that's like touted as basically being a Zelda game. It is a right? Zelda game, and okay. then there's some Portal at the end. Oh well, that's not a problem ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you played it, Danny? I have not, actually. Just, I've yeah. only heard people talk about it on podcasts and stuff. When so. now, exactly. When does the next one come out, Zach? I think it's this month. Oh, wow. wow. I think it's late okay. this month. I might have to check that out. Yeah. It's always kind of like been on my radar. I've just never, never done it. I know it's friggin' cheap now. I mean, I think it was, I think it was one of the Best Buy sale games for maybe 10 bucks. Oh, okay. uh, wow. so it might still be ten bucks. Uh, it's it's definitely worth it. So what makes it like what makes it like a Zelda game? Well, you, I mean, well, you go through dungeons and you get a, a boomerang and you get key small keys to unlock doors and you solve a puzzle in every room and there's a hook shot and <laughs> you know there's the boomerang is really like uh, the you know that circular saw that the predator throws that comes back yes. to him it's it's like that but it's a, it functions as a boomerang and it can okay. hit multiple targets and uh let's see there's a hook shot there's there's a musical instrument um <laughs> i mean there's all sort it, it is a zelda game um and there 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 are a few kill rooms just like in skyward sword and twilight princess mm-hmm. um so it's I, I and it's got a really cool story uh, very cool, and the art the art direction is phenomenal. I I love the art in that game. Uh, is it is it darker than a traditional Zelda game? And I don't ask that just because dark's in the title, but it's always <laughs> I, for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just I'm just wrong, but it always struck me as a game that was like a little bit more uh, adult, I guess, in a way. Well, it it's can't be adult, but yeah, it the story is uh, angels and demons have finally you know started their war on Earth. And humanity dies. I mean, that happens in the opening minutes of the game, so it's not a spoiler. The uh, the collateral damage. The cla- there are the collateral damage, and the, so the war is still going on. Uh, but you are one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, who's kind of trying to figure out what triggered the war. Oh. And to do that, you go solve through, puzzles. You go through dungeons <laughs> and solve puzzles and kill a lot of stuff with a big ass sword. <laughs> and your sword is called the Soul Drinker. Oh wow! Awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, it's hard not to recommend a game with a weapon like that. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. If you find it cheap, it is definitely worth picking up. Hmm. And then you know, I just want to go back a second. But um, you mentioned Kid Icarus too. Um, what makes that better than the first one? I've never played the second one. I've just played the first one as a kid. So even that, I'm I'm far removed from now. Okay. Well, you know how in the first game. There's, if you're in a vertical section, if you fall, you die. Yes. And that is supremely annoying. <laughs> yes. This doesn't have that. You f- okay. You will fall back down and land somewhere. Um, okay, the, like the screen will scroll, you'll just lose yep. progress, basically. Yeah, and you really won't because it takes, each stage is five minutes long. Um, okay. And then, you know how in the first game, if you're trying to build up hearts, uh, some some of the areas it seems like there's a cap on how many enemies will appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not in this game either. Okay. So the, there's not a after about the second level, there's not a not a store you'll come to where you're not buying something, and you'll never miss out on uh, a health upgrade or a weapons upgrade. I mean, it's 
super easy. But in a good way. But in a good way, yes, an enjoyable <laughs> way, especially if you've played the first game and you're like, man, how can they make this better in Kid yeah. Icarus 2? And the final boss is pretty awesome for an ancient Game Boy game. Hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, picked, not bad. I, I picked this up when it came out in Japan, like, God, sometime earlier this year. And one complaint I had about it is that sometimes, you know, because it's a Game Boy game, it's kind of a limitation of the technology, I guess. But sometimes, like, let's say, for example, there's like a, a bush that's in the background, and then there are like some kind of thorn or spike thing. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I had problems, like, distinguishing... Like stuff like yeah. that, and I jump right on something that like hurts me, and I'm like, "What? What the hell?" You know? That's true. <laughs> there, there are areas where there is, yeah, it's you yeah, can't I always mean, tell where you're supposed to jump. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get very far in the game at all, I, you know, but um, I did get to play it for I don't know, like 30 minutes or something. So nice, awesome. It's better than the 3D, even better than the 3D upgrade for Kinnikris mm-hmm. One. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, I, I, I thought you were gonna say better than the 3DS game. <laughs> And I was going to say, Neil will fight you to the death if you say that. <laughs> Uprising, Which, I don't know. I, I need to get back to that, but I can't promise uh, anything. I just thought it was okay. He I'm might, sorry, Neil. Dude, he might fight me to the death when he comes to my house on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I wish too. it was now so you guys could be recording together. I just think of you and um, Nathan recording together I back do in the too. day. Yep. That was classic. It was. Classic newscast. <laughs> But, um, all right, well, is that it, that it for yourself, then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I think I will go ahead and go next. And um, the game I've been playing mostly uh, nonstop for the past few weeks, well, I shouldn't say nonstop because I don't have very much time to play games, but when I do, this is what I decide to dedicate all my time to, and that is um, Xenoblade Chronicles. Hmm. Yes. Now, I had a bit of a hiccup with this game because I picked it up uh, probably like a week or two after it came out here in the States, and was doing pretty good, got about eight hours in, and then my Wii um, sort of died, like half died. Everyone's Wii um, is dying at the same time. Yeah, both <laughs> Neil and I, our Wii's died on the same day. He, he wrote an email about his broke, and I was like, I got mine on launch, and mine's perfectly fine. And then I tried to play Xenoblade, and it wouldn't boot the game. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think the problem is it won't boot, and I know people have had this, but it won't boot on like dual-layered discs. Oh, um, so that, like, that's one of the first problems they had. Yes, so, like, I can play, like, Mario Party, and I can play Donkey Kong Country Returns and stuff like that, but I can't play Xenoblade, and I'm uh-huh. sure I probably couldn't play, like, Skyward Sword. Or, or Smash like Bros. That. Yeah, exactly. Um, some of those, like, uh, more demanding games, I guess, or games with more uh, more stuff on the disc anyway. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stopped me, um, and I wasn't really going to pay to fix my Wii when I know the Wii U will be out, like, in the next, what, three months maybe? Mm-hmm. Um. So then one day I was bored and I decided to check out this uh, dolphin emulator that I hear so much about and found out that setting it up was actually pretty easy. And so I did that. And now I'm playing it on my computer. <laughs> and it's awesome because you can like up-res it and um, oh. it just looks, yeah, it just looks gorgeous like running with, with all the bells and whistles. Um, no so longer looks the, like an N64 game. Right. Every, everything's not all jagged. I mean, you know, it's still, it's not going to improve, like, the, uh, the geometry of the game much. So, like, it, it, there's still some, like, I don't know, like, the character models and stuff are still fairly simple, but at least they look nice, you know, they're yeah, not all, yeah. like, jagged and, uh, and everything. So, and the draw distance is great, and, like, yeah, so stuff like that. Um, but I wouldn't even care. Even playing on the Wii, I didn't mind because the music is just amazing. That's what I've um, heard. In that game. Oh, it's so good. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Zach, I don't know. Do you play many RPGs? You don't strike me as someone who does for some reason. Um, I play Pokemon. Okay. And <laughs> I play Dragon Quest Nine. Oh, okay. Uh, but super long um, console RPGs, I can't, I don't have the time anymore. Right. I'd like and to, I, but. Yeah, I don't really have the time anymore, but I'm trying to trick myself into thinking I do. <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll mostly, like, get to play at night, like, once the once the baby's asleep um, and my uh, my girlfriend's asleep. Or, like, if she, uh, like, tonight, for instance, she's going out with a friend for a while after I'm done with this, so I'll put the baby to bed and I'll get to play a few hours, which is great. Um but it's just, it's just an amazing game. Danny, did you play it when it came out in Japan? I wasn't here when it first came out, but last year I did get to play a little bit of it. And I wrote some impressions of it, and actually I bought the U.S. version. Um, oh. Actually, the day it launched, I bought it from Nintendo.com and had like my dad ship it to me, and I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the the only thing I did was reverse the cover art on the on the package, and that's oh it. yeah, there you go. The, the reverse cover art's so much better. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely got a barrier of entry because I think if you know anything about the game, you know that it's going to be like over a hundred hours to complete it. Yeah. And I know that can be intimidating, um, especially for us as grown adults. <laughs> I, think Ale- I think Alex reviewed the game for us and he must've, I don't know if he was just like on spring break or what, but he reviewed the whole game like in a week. Oh, um, God. yeah. And I just, I just like felt so jealous. It was the first time in a while I like wanted to be a high schooler again, um, <laughs> just to have that much free time with like no responsibilities whatsoever. I couldn't believe it. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a very engrossing game. Uh, the battle system's great. And there's always just something to do. Like, there's the main story quest, but then every time you get to a new town, um, there's, like, a million townsfolk who give you, like, side quests and stuff, which you can skip, but they're they're actually kind of fun and rewarding. You get lots of experience and items for doing them, and I, I find myself drawn to, you know, completing all of them before I move on, unless they're just, like, I don't know, really egregious, and I have to, like, look online to try to find what I need to do, then I don't worry about it. But for the most part, they're they're pretty, like, descriptive in, in what you need to do. So you're going to turn this into a 500-hour RPG? Hopefully not that long. <laughs> my, uh, my, 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 like, secret goal to myself was to try to beat it before I had to go back to school, but I had to go back to school in three weeks, and I'm not going to beat it by then. I think I'm, like, 10 to 12 hours into it now only, so, like, there's just no way, um... But it's great. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful game, and I'm, I'm glad it came out here in the States, and I'm excited to eventually beat it, whenever that is. I think my new goal will just to beat, to beat it before the Wii U comes out. That might be more attainable. Okay, if uh-huh. you had to compare it to another JRPG, which mm-hmm. one would you compare it to, if you could at all? Oh, man. I mean, it's definitely one of the, not even one of, it's it's got to be the best JRPG to come out this generation without a doubt the i mean it just depends there there's so many little influences i mean the battle system is somewhat taken from sort of the the modern final fantasies in that you you control one main character and then the other two are automated okay. um now you can't switch between them and you can um control different players if you want or different characters and each character has different like abilities and um skills and stuff and different ways to play you know like you've got your tank you've got your sort of like rogue guy who's you know backstabbing and sneaking up on guys, and then you've got, like, your sniper and stuff off in the distance. Um, Jeez, I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me, and mostly probably because of the music, but I played Chrono Cross last year. Yeah, I remember um, And it sort of, like, it kind of reminds me of that game. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why it does. I really think it's just the, just the music. Um because similar people worked on the soundtrack for mm-hmm. that game, as did this game. Um, 
but it's just so well executed. It, it's really hard for me to compare it to to any JRPG. Really, it's just really, really, really well done. If I see it somewhere for sale or something, should I buy it and try it? Yes. Okay. You you should. I I you don't play many RPGs, so I don't. I hope it'll grab your attention. But well, I couldn't know. stop playing Dragon Quest Nine. Okay. It might. It, it definitely. It's a great game, and you don't have to get bogged down on the side quests if you don't want to. Like, it's kind of intimidating because a lot get thrown at you at once. Sure. I think you could easily get kind of bogged down right in the beginning. But um, I think if you just maybe ignore those if you need to and just follow the story quests, I think it'll it'll pull you in pretty quick. Okay, cool. So I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. And then um, other than that, I, I started playing Arkham City again for a little bit. Yes. Um, After seeing Dark Knight Rises, I kind of <laughs> wanted to go back. I only played about half of um Arkham City, so I wanted to start over and kind of go back into it. And it's just as good as I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's just a, a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a well-crafted game. Um, The combat is great. You know, it kind of becomes almost like a little rhythm game. You kind of get into it with, you know, punching and countering and mm-hmm. then using your gadgets and stuff. Um. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, I got nothing really else to say about it. Like, it's just a really well-executed game. I don't think it's perfect. You know, I don't think it's it, this end-all, be-all, but it's just fun. And, you know, that's really all you need. And uh, and you don't spend five months in a prison doing push-ups. <laughs> no, no, you don't, which is great. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne gets captured, and you just escape right away, and then just get to kicking ass. Yeah. That must be a hidden <laughs> mode in the game or something, right? Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah, that's been good. Um, it, I've, have both of you played that? Dude, I've played I, it three times, hundred percent. Wow. That shit. Wow. I, I played Asylum. Um, and actually, I just played that earlier this year, maybe a couple months back, and I, I really okay. enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to getting into City. Um, so. Now, do you have it? Or are you gonna wait and just get it for Wii U? I don't know because if don't get so, it for Wii U. Well, why not? It's bad. So the only reason I probably wouldn't get it for Wii U is because I'll, I'll be getting a Japanese Wii U, and I sometimes with you know like third-party titles from developers that aren't Japanese, sometimes it's kind of iffy and like as to when oh to get it you know they'll actually come out here like yeah, Assassin's Creed Three for example I think it's scheduled oh, yeah, to come out in like December that. yeah so it's like I'm kind of worried I'll probably just find like a region free you know version on like Amazon or something for 360 yeah. and you know Scott uh, Scott I'll tell you right now why it's worse Okay go ahead If you in in Arkham City on what do you have the PS3 or the 360 version Uh PS3 Okay so do I If you want to get a gadget equip a gadget what do you do Uh D-pad right D-pad, D-pad a couple Either times once or twice in a direction Okay well on the Wii you you first press uh, up on the D-pad. That will bring the action to your, or bring you to a menu screen on the, the gamepad. Then you must find the item you want to equip, drag it into a box, <laughs> and then press another button on the controller to use it. Yeah, so, but you, don't, you, you don't think there will maybe just be a classic controller mode? Um well, okay, maybe they're, yeah, I guess they didn't show that off anyway. I don't think they <laughs> talked about it either. But No, because I think they would want to flop the, the you know, the tablet stuff. Yeah, you're probably the, right. The, the gamepad stuff, I if, should if say. They, but... If they make it compatible with the uh, uh, Wii U 360 controller, then yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll see. 
Um, but the armor on Catwoman and Batman for the armored edition both look kind of dumb. It does. That was a weird yeah. is that, gimmick to try to include. Is it actually, like, required? Do they have to wear it the whole time? No, think, it's or? a skin. Okay. Yeah, to make it basically, yeah, like a bonus outfit. Just like the just like the bonus skins that are already in Arkham City, which are okay, all yeah. awesome, by the way. Yeah. As a, a bonus, though, I think if you buy the Wii U version, you do get all the DLC up to that point. Yeah, so yeah, you do. That that's something. That is nice. Yeah. Although although most of the DLC is just uh, fighting with Robin or Nightwing. Yes, this <laughs> is true. Yeah. So it's not not really necessary, I suppose. Right. Although I I haven't played the Harley's Revenge stuff. Oh yeah, that was supposed to be pretty decent. Yeah, I need to so, get on that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for me. So, uh, Danny, uh, <laughs> this episode we're already later going to hear you talk a lot about uh, New Super Mario Bros. Two and Oni training and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, what else could you possibly be playing right now? Yeah. What else could I be playing? Right. Um. Well, this week on the eShop in Japan, uh, actually a lot of cool releases came out. A Fire Emblem, the original Fire Emblem for the Famicom came out, and um, a, a new de- a new uh, demo for Bravely Default, and also I don't know if you guys are familiar with this at all, but um the Kunio Kun, like, series of games. Like, in America, maybe stuff like, you know, River City Ransom, Super Dodgeball, stuff like that. Um, you know, on the 3DS Virtual Console, now there are six different Kunio Kun games, and the one that just came out here, uh, this week, as of the time of this recording, it's called Niketsu Koko Sakabu World Cup Heng. And it, <laughs> it's like Niketsu High School Soccer Club World Cup version or you know volume or something it's just like a, it's just, it's a soccer game with kunio kun and um huh. I, so you know it's it was like 400 yen you know like four or five bucks so i was like hey you know what the hell i'm just gonna take a chance i don't really have any soccer games on my 3ds so um just give it give it a shot and um, i'm actually i was actually kind of surprised how i mean it's simple but at the same time it can be a little bit complex i mean you know like for example you know obviously moving around with the d-pad and uh, you know, you could like slide tackle and shoot with B and pass with A, but they're like, if you do all sorts of different kinds of button combinations, you can do like crazy, like flip shots or some kind of crazy headers and stuff like that. So it's, it's a little bit deeper than, you know, what it looks like on the surface. And, uh, so I was, I was kind of impressed with that. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of a fun game. It's easy to pick up and play, which is perfect for something like the 3DS. Um, it has like a password save system, but thank God, <laughs> you know, you don't have to really worry about that with, the, with you know, the save states and, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. It's 3DS, so. Yeah. Save uh, states are wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. What was that? What did that originally? That was a Famicom game, you said? Oh, this is a Game Boy game, sorry. Oh, Game Boy game. Yeah. Okay. Game Boy. So, I mean, it's not really much of a looker, <laughs> you know, in terms of, like, graphics or anything. But, you know, for, I think it came out in, like, 1991. So it's, you know, it doesn't look too bad. and It gets the job done. It's soccer on the Game Boy. So, <laughs> yeah, other than that, um, I've actually been playing a little bit of Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. Hey. And, uh, yeah, I, I never beat the game back in the day, and... You know, right now we have a, a feature going on on the site. It's the great pre-Wii U backlog saga. It's me, Carmine Red, Andrew Brown, and Neil Ronahan so far have contributed. We're just kind of trying to go through a significant portion of our backlogs before the Wii U comes out. And Eternal Darkness just happened to be the first game on my list to play. And uh, 
Apparently, on accident, I picked the hardest path to go through with, like, the magical <laughs> ability. I didn't even know. I was like, oh, blue, that's cool. <laughs> Maybe not, so. I mean, so right, because talk about that for anyone who, uh, even for me, it's been a while, but each different, each route you pick basically limits you in some way, correct? That, that's right. That's right. I so, guess. <laughs> so, so with this one, you have less magic. Like your magic bar is smaller. I think. Correct? I believe that's correct. Sure. I actually think <laughs> both. I th- actually think both are smaller. What health and magic on blue? Yeah. Oh god. See, I thought it was. I thought it was one for each. Like I thought one shortened your health, one shortened your magic, and then one shortened like uh, the insanity. Oh, stuff. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. Okay. Cool. So yeah, the magic the magic would be harder. The insanity one was fun because the, everyone wanted to see the insanity effects. Oh, yeah. like, that really wasn't a hindrance. Those were great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny, you know, like for, you know, they do some of the stuff that's basically like out of the game type of stuff where it's like turning your volume up and down on your TV, but yeah. It's like I totally wasn't tricked because my volume bar doesn't look like that on my TV. <laughs> <It's just laughs> yeah, like, that what? happened to me too. Yeah. I mean, if it was like, you know, back in the day, I think a lot of TVs had th- this particular like green like little line green. volume Giant thing. green bar, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, th- these days it's just not the case. It's just kind of right. humorous to see that. It, it's just it's just really cool all those little effects and stuff like that happening. It's it's creepy as hell, and usually I'm playing late at night like an idiot and giving myself nightmares. But <laughs> the sound design in that game is great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I like it a lot. Yeah, so, I, I need yeah. To, I need to replay that game. I wouldn't mind replaying that myself. Yeah. Um, now, Danny, do you think you'll play through the, I think it's a total of four times, isn't it? I think you play through three times each way, and then isn't there one final way to play? Or maybe it's just the three. Maybe you no, do all you three. No, you play through then, three, and then you get a bonus scene at the end, the third time. And a bonus there. ending, yeah. Dude, I'll, I'll just be content to beat it once, and then I can watch the other <laughs> stuff on YouTube. That, that's good enough for me. Um, Fair enough. I know when I know when I played, I, play, I beat it all three times. Oh, okay. wow. Awesome. But same thing, I was just like Alex with Xenoblade. I mean, I was just a high school kid who had nothing. I mean, I was like a freshman. Uh-huh. What, what else was I going to be doing? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not not talking to girls. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was my summer. <laughs> you just described high school for me. <laughs> I'm sure for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, but so how does it hold up? Um, you know, all these years later, I'm trying to think of like even the combat and stuff. What that was like? You know, is it? I remember from when I rented the game ten years ago. Um, that was one of my favorite parts of the game. You know, being able to select the different body parts to hack off, or you know, stuff like mm, that. I yeah. thought that was a lot of fun, and I, I think that actually still holds up pretty well. I mean, you know, hacking off a guy's arm always feels pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, also just, like, bashing their head. And you're not really, like, cutting their head off. I mean, you are, but it's like you, you do, like, a downward stroke and somehow his head falls off. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, kind of right. funny. But, I mean, that's fine. And it, it's just, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. I think that that aspect holds up pretty well. Uh, visually, I mean, you know, it's not awful. It's a GameCube game. And, um... It was kind of an early game, game yeah, too. Yeah, 2002. It? So in a way, yeah. it's an N64 game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> exactly. So some of the, like some of the geometry is kind of weird. Maybe it yeah. just seems that way because I haven't played a game. Well, I mean, shit. I mean, I played Luigi's Mansion, and you know that that's a really sharp looking game, even you know these days. But mm-hmm. Eternal Darkness, maybe with a more realistic approach, you know, with the realistic looking characters and stuff, it's a little bit harder to, at the time, make it look quite as good as 
you know, obviously what you can today. So, well, you know, exactly. human characters, especially in that game, look really bizarre. Yeah. To yeah. me, their proportions are really strange. Um, yeah. And they clean that up for Metal Gear uh-huh. uh, Twin Snakes a lot. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but I, I think I, I think it's just showing its age as beginning as an N64 game that makes it look weird. Yeah, because yeah. I'm remembering like one of the de- detectives. I think at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the game you talk to, like I don't know, it's just weird. It looks like his face is like really fat, but it's like kind of flat and weird. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's still like detailed, but it just looks odd. And you know, yeah. it, like I said, it, it that doesn't really take away from the game being fun at all. It's just you know little tiny nitpicks, but the enemies look great. Um, they're like really yeah. creepy, and that that's yeah. I would I would love to see a uh ground up from the ground up remake of that. Oh yeah. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that would be great. Or even just a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be nice too. But it's I think enough pa- time has passed that nobody will remember the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. But that happens every now and then where, you know, a like, game from generations ago like, gets a sequel. Like Kid Icarus. Like Kid Icarus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's her face from the first one will be in the second one, and she'll just be narrating it the whole time, and with these quirky remarks and making fun of the uh, the original one, and breaking go. the fourth <laughs> wall, and all this kind of stuff. Remember insanity effects? Oh boy, remember that green volume bar? No one has volume bars like that anymore. <laughs> we were so dumb. <laughs> remember that CRV TV you had? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will do it for our What We've Been Playing segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. So, um, yeah, I guess if in the thread, if you want to tell us what you've been playing or comment on uh, any of the things that we mentioned today, that would be great. And, um, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Indeed. Later. Bye. Bye. everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today, I'm joined by Don Koopman. Hello. <laughs> who sounds full of energy. And Danny Bivens. Hi! <laughs> just sounds so tired. <laughs> and um, we're going to be talking about, well, a lot of stuff that hasn't come out in America yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, basically, Danny, it's basically what it is. It's the, the big, damn you America podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um both Danny and Don have had a lot of time with um, some new and upcoming uh, games and hardware. Yes. Uh, so we're going to kind of get a little list here. We're going to go through and um, try to talk about a lot of things that are uh, on the horizon for any 3DS owners uh, out here in America. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I want to start with, of course, is the uh, the 3DS XL. Yep. And you have you both you guys both own one now? I know you do for sure, Don, because I've seen the pictures. Yeah, I, I do not. What's wrong with you? 
<laughs> yeah, well, go ahead, Dan. Why don't you talk about it a little bit then? So, getting high Excel was also kind of a bastard. It's possibly also a funny story to introduce this. So, um, I ordered my 3DS XL um, directly after Nintendo Direct because um, the listings were already up directly, which was great. So, I... So I pre-ordered it, and I thought it was all done and good for. So what happened was my store only got the blue one, and I ordered the red one. So I have to find every store just for a red one, and I finally found one, and I got a free copy of New Art Academy with it. So that was a good deal, too. So I got home, um, directly opened it up, and the first game that I directly put in my Excel was um, Kid Icarus Uprising. And I turn the 3D on, and I have to say, the 3D effect on the Excel is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the leeway, the leeway on the 3DS Excel is way better. Way better than on the original 3DS. Um, and then I start playing. So, the buttons feel a lot more clickier, especially the L and R buttons and the D-pad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they felt more natural in my eyes. It felt it felt more accessible. Um, still, the buttons are still at the, the right place, similar to the 3DS. So again, they have this nicer feel, um, which is basically an enhancement. It's not necessarily a whole new thing. It is what the Excel was supposed to be, an enhancement. Sure. Um, so you have that going for it. Uh, then you go look over the other parts of the system. So, of course, you have the bigger screens, but um, the select, the home, and the start button are now actual buttons instead of those touch ones. <laughs> Which looks so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it, you, it's just a simple press, and uh, they're good to go. Um, overall, the feel of the system, it's, it's much more nicer to hold because you had the, um, the, um, was it, the, um, the right angle edges of the regular 3DS. Mm-hmm. And this is more, these are more rounded, so it's nicer to fit in your hands. Yeah, I think I read in, um, Aaron's, uh, sort of hands-on experience with the, uh, the system too. He was saying that, like, the back is kind of rounded, so it's, it's, like, more comfortably in your hands too. Yeah. Sort of like an iPad. Definitely, definitely. Um, so when so basically going over more similar specifics here, uh, with the regular 3DS, um, you couldn't hold it in one place. It's just one spot, and the rest was a bit flimsy. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, with the 3DS XL, you can hold it and click it in various positions, like um, at a 90-degree um, angle. So you can watch, like, a video on it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my 3DS, like, the upper screen, it's pretty flimsy. Yeah. Uh, a lot more flimsy than what, you know, I would really like it to be, and that's kind of annoying. And, you know, as soon as Don had got, you know, his 3DS XL, he had... I did, I did, a, I did, I did a live unboxing for him. Yes. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was pretty awesome. So I got to see, like, everything for the done hadn't even seen it for the first time like in person like yeah. that so that was cool so i got to see that in person too and get all see all this stuff and yeah it, it just seemed extremely nice yeah so i think 
the biggest complaint that people had with the regular 3DS was were those scratches on the top screen. Mm-hmm. I think those were just the most annoying thing ever, and that is gone. It it never happened with the 3DS XL. I open it up, close it down. Um, the rounder edges uh, make sure it doesn't make those scratches, and it's all good and fine. Um, every single time, it's um, it's great. It's it's really really a nice piece of hardware. Um, um, to go back just a little bit earlier, you said that the 3D looked better on um, the XL. Is that just because of the size of the screen, or do you think that like the technology, the actual 3D, has improved? I think it has improved in terms of its, like I said, in the leeway and mm-hmm. the more space to move, but also in the quite subtle things that um, it's more more viewable from various different angles. It is it is just a more enjoyable experience to use the 3D than on the regular 3DS. So like so like if you're on a bus or something and you hit a bump, um, your eyes aren't gonna just bleed. <laughs> like you you move your head a little bit and then the whole thing like distorts. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, I mean, on the go, it's. I think the 3D effect is not very usable. I can see myself using it possibly more on a bus. Um. But considering how little I would use it on, like, um, public travel, I wouldn't say that, really. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you, because I wouldn't even use it very much on public travel, anyway. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, one thing I'd like you to go through, because I know you've done it, is um, the system transfer. Yeah. I think, I think I've heard a lot of people on Twitter sort of have questions about it and not be 100% certain on, like, what you can transfer over and how it works. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Of course. Um, I did this live with Danny too, so he saw all this stuff too. So for him, it's not very anything special. <laughs> um, so what happens is, so these are the steps. So you both put up your your regular 3DS and the Excel. You go to system transfer and other options, and they will both connect to the internet. Um, after that, you you set up the settings from send it to this 3DS and send it to that 3DS. Um, and then the transfer starts. First of all, um, on the regular 3DS, it will move all of your DSiWare to the SD card. So all the all your DSiWare that's on the system will be automatically moved to that SD card uh, to any further notice. Um, after that, it will go over your system information, uh, your eShop license keys, and anything else that is in place. Um, after that all is moved, um, it will ask you to remove the SD card from your regular 3DS and put it in your 3DS XL. Um, and then it will move back the DSiWare back to the system, and then you're good to go. Okay, so it sounds yeah, pretty uh, pretty painless. Yeah, and everything hey. is still there, so your safe states where you were on your virtual console games is still there in place. So there's nothing lost in the process. And you just you just use your old SD card then, yeah, or whichever one you had, yeah, in your uh, in your first 3DS. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, pretty easy. Which is maybe a little surprising for Nintendo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another, that's another thing I could possibly mention on the side here. So the SD card has moved to a better spot on the system at the right, not more on the left. Um, it's it's the slot is also pretty easily to handle, and on the right as well now is the stylus. 
Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and not on the top of the yeah. system anymore. So there is no um, stylus that you can attract and extract. It's it's just um, one base, one length stylus. Oh, you can. Okay, yeah, it doesn't get longer. Yeah. So if you would really like that, you can put your regular 3ds stylus in the Excel. I tried; it actually works. <laughs> well, there you go. I think I'm mostly just going to play with from now on with this uh, f- free stylus that came with Theater Rhythm anyway. So, fair enough. I don't know if you guys got that in Europe, but no, didn't get it in Japan. You bastard. I, I got a, <laughs> yeah, I got the, awesome. I got the game from Japan, so no. Uh it's awesome. Yeah, it's like a pen. It's really nice. But um, so would you say that 3ds owners should really consider getting the XL, or do you think it's just a marginal enough improvement that if you're happy with your 3DS, don't spend the extra money. I mean, if if you want a better system, there's no doubt in my mind that you should get a 3DS XL. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the, like like I mentioned, um, the virtual console software, um, you can play, you can put those edges with the Game Boy edges around that screen, and it mm-hmm. will look bigger, so you can play like a regular Game Boy, which is... Uh, Quite awesome. <laughs> and of course, um, I tried a few DS games on it too, and they look better as well. So, overall, my impressions of the system, it's a better system overall. If you, and if you would like that and have the cash for it, definitely go out and get one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if you're happy with your 3DS, because some people might say they are, um, you still have to consider that it does all the same things that your regular 3DS does. So it doesn't do anything special. So even by even by not upgrading, you're not losing anything. Sure. It's it's still it still operates the exact same. But if you want to enhance your experience, especially on the 3D and how it feels department, um I think it's a pretty much a good thing to consider buying one. Okay. And the battery life is supposed to be a lot better, too. I don't know if you've had a chance to really... I played through the battery, and I had more playing time with it than on my regular 3DS. So, in- indeed, the battery is improved. Hmm. You know, I was, like, pretty much like, I'm not going to get this. I'm going to just save my money for Wii U. But as soon as I saw your pictures uh, the other day done, and then now hearing you talk about it, it's, like, more and more likely I might try to get it, get one of these. <laughs> Which I probably don't need, but I have a hard time resisting. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When I was at the at the electronics store the other day picking up Mario and Oni training, like I saw like kids with their grandmas or moms or whatever picking up the system, and I was thinking, oh, why didn't your grandma buy me a system too? <laughs> but she Yo, didn't. What's up, so, grandma? Yeah, she didn't. So what am I gonna do? <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's move on from the XL and let's talk about those games, Danny, that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's start with New Super Mario Brothers 2. Um. I know you've both been playing that. And, um, so yeah, just talk about your general impressions so far. Sure. So, obviously, you know, after, especially after E3, a lot of people were maybe not really talking too highly about this game, saying things like, man, this doesn't really look too much different from, you know, the DS or Wii versions. And even, you know, some people have made claims, things like, this isn't any better than the DS one, like, in terms of, like, visuals and stuff like that. And Well, it, it didn't It didn't help that it went up against, like, another entry in the series on the Wii U, which that's what everyone was talking about. Which was in HD, which, yeah, right. obviously doesn't really do it any favors. But, um, you know, after, you know, spending a bit, a bit of time with it, I played it for about three hours or so, so far. And, uh, you know, visually, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of same... Uh, 
it seems like almost like the same kind of kind of assets and stuff like that that were used in like you know the previous uh, title on the Wii and the previous title on the DS. Uh, they're a lot more cleaned up this time around. So I mean that that's that's pretty nice and it looks I, I would say probably looks even better than the Wii version, if not you know on par with it. And uh, at least in terms of like visuals, I think I think it does pretty you know, pretty good in that department, but it's, it's, it's kind of a complicated, uh, game to really, you know, think about, because I think there are a lot of really good points to the game, but there, there are some things that I just really wish, I don't know, would have been, um, expanded upon a little bit more than, mm-hmm. you know, what we would have seen in, you know, the previous titles, maybe some kind of completely new innovations other than just collect all the coins that you possibly can. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you think, Don? So I will I'll give my full impressions from start to finish. So if if I if Danny made any points, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna do this from from beginning to end. Do so <laughs> New Super Mario Brothers two. Um, first of all, I have to say the game is really fun. I really enjoyed my time with it. I finished it today, but it looks quite similar to the regular games, to other games. Mm-hmm. And it, and I don't mean that just in its visual style. I mean, the visual style is, like Danny said, it's really well. It looks really well in 3D, too. I think it looks quite enjoyable. Um, but, so, let's start with something simple, the music. There are almost no new songs in New Super Mario Bros. 2. Mm-hmm. They are from the older games in the series, and they have just added more do's and was to it. <laughs> <laughs> I and I'm serious. I think I've heard at most three original songs. You know that's kind of been a problem with a couple of the recent Mario games. Even um, Mario 3D Land didn't just use a lot of tracks from Galaxy and Galaxy Two. Yeah, but 2? Mario 3D Land also had a lot of original songs going for it. Sure. And there was a mix there, a good mix right. of old and new. Sure, it's not as as egregious as this sounds anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and even on Wii and on the DS, New Super Mario Brothers, most of those songs were at least original at the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but these are copied. I l- say literally copied from the older games, and I recognize tunes not only from New Super Mario Brothers and from New Super Mario Brothers Wii but also from Super Mario 3D Land. Hmm. So they're just recycling everything. (laughs) Yeah, even the credits music, and this is a very light spoiler, so you shouldn't really care about this, is a redux of New Super Mario Bros. Wii and theme. Yeah, I I don't know about you guys, but I mean, you know, if you think back to like the original Mario games, there's always like really cool tracks and stuff that was, you know, pretty original, just different. Um, But with this, it's, I mean... I can understand with, you know, New Super Mario Bros. DS, as it was kind of trying to uh, rekindle the 2D spirit of the game. So you have some, like, samey kind of songs, and that was fine. But this is the third iteration of, in this series, and it, musically, they just don't really seem to be going anywhere beyond what they've already done in the past. And it's not, I don't think it's bad, but it's just it's not It isn't bad, but it's really disappointing. Yeah, it's and really, it, really disappointing. It it seems to also like kind of dis- like decrease like the importance of the games. I mean, Danny, you're saying like the original Mario Brothers games, the side scores, each one. You're right, the soundtrack was different. Maybe there'd be some thematic similarities, but they were sure. all 
fundamentally different, all original music, which was great. But yeah, kind of rehashing the music, it just sort of, um, I don't know, it makes these games seem not, not as momentous, you know, that they, yeah. they're it's, just not as important. It cheapens the experience. Yes. Right. Because, I mean, personally, personally, when I'm playing games, I, I usually get into the soundtrack and like to listen to it. But if I'm playing what I've been playing, New Super Mario Bros. 2, I'm just, like, listening to a podcast or something like that. Because I'm thinking, well, musically, what am I going to hear here that I haven't heard anywhere else, you know? Right. And, and so I have to talk about more of the negatives. And, again, these are not really negatives in the sense of they're bad. These are more negatives in the sense of these are disappointments. Mm-hmm. Um they have also not really added anything new in terms of the power-ups. I mean, you could say they have added a gold head for Mario and where comes coins out of. Yeah, that's okay, but after 100 coins, that block will disappear. Um, and then you have the gold Mario. Yeah, that's cool, but that's just a reskin of, like, the Fire Flower Mario. Mm-hmm. And there's not, like... In the DS one, for example, there was this uh, Koopa suit you would wear. In the Wii one, there was the, the for example, the penguin suit and the flying suit. Um, they just here have the raccoon tail, the fire flower, and all the regular power-ups you expect from an older Mario game. Well, this is the first one, though, where you can't fly, right? You can fly with the raccoon tail. Well, right? it, it's similar, just like with Super, Super Mario 3, where you could fly, yeah. With with the with the raccoon tail, you know the the super leaf in this one. One thing I do like as an improvement over Super Mario Three, instead of like you know rapidly tapping, you know B or whatever to float. I mean, you can just hold it, and then you know Mario do basically the same thing they did in Three D Land, just kicking his legs and you know floating. So that's that's kind of nice, and it's you know not necessarily as uh, <laughs> it's not really tiring. You know what I mean? But I, I think you understand what I mean. I mean, yeah. and, and that's where the positive come in. The level design sure. is as is as usual good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's fun to play. I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, but all these little things, all these little niggles, they cheapen the experience, and that's what holds it really back. And that's what what really bugs me about New Super Mario Bros. Two. Um, and I, I just want to ask, what's the um? How do they tie it into the story that you need to collect all these coins? Like, what's the point of it? There's no story related to that. You just do it? Yep. I was going to say, because I, I don't remember anything from the beginning, but I haven't beaten the game, so I was thinking, well, maybe it's revealed at the end. Um, maybe not. Um, so, so on, there's on, this is the only story you will see. Peach gets kidnapped by the Koopa kids, Mario and Luigi gets behind them, go Luigi, go Mario, go. <laughs> okay, so just like all the others. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, but so there's this meta game to collect all the coins, but there's not like any explanation in the game like why you should be doing it. Like they don't tie it in any way to the story. Yeah, I I finished the game, but I have still no idea why I am collecting one million coins. That's weird. Um, it kind of in, in that case it almost feels like something arbitrary that they might have just added later. You know, like I think they mentioned in the Iwata asks that they first worked on the course design. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe it has to do with that. Um, another thing that people might be interested in is, of course, Coin Wash. So, I've played a bunch of Coin Wash, and I actually really like that. I really like playing those stages in a very quick fashion. And they make it interesting by having those gold mushrooms that give you 50 coins. And, um, 
of course, you can, by, by the end of the flagpole, if you reach the top, you get twice as many coins, which is um, pretty cool. Um, I it's, it's also a good way to rank up some coins for your coin total. And not only can you challenge people for street pass, but you can also, in the menu, attack your own score and see if you can improve it and then send it again for street pass. So it's a, it's a, it's a good way to challenge yourself and see if you can get more out of the stages you played and enjoyed already. What I, what I really enjoyed about what little bit I've played of coin rush mode is that, I mean, since the level design is, you know, really good and, uh, you could, you know, you can fly through levels pretty quickly and it's still, it's, it's not really necessarily easy because, I mean, you have to, you know, you have plenty of obstacles and stuff like that that you have to, uh, you know, go through, but, you know, let's say if one of the coin rush stages is like one of the castle stages or something, uh, you cannot go through it in maybe the same quick type of fashion that you would through like maybe a, a normal level or something. So, I don't know, it's just, you gotta, you know, be careful. You only have one life, so you don't mm-hmm. want to die and lose like, you know, a thousand coins that you just collected in the very, and then you're in the very last level and then you kick the bucket. That's kind of, you know, annoying, and I've had that happen to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but, it's... but it's still at the end, you still earn those coins for doing your job. So mm-hmm. it, it still counts towards a total. Although we, again, we don't know what this total entails and what you get for it. I was just going to ask: Do we have any idea what happens? Because you need a million, right? Yeah. And we have no idea what happens yet, huh? No. Well, Don, I have a feeling you'll be the first to get it. So, <laughs> in a couple of days, when you hit a million, just uh, <laughs> let us know. Later tonight when you hit a million. <laughs> yeah. I'm still at 25,000. Sure you are, pal. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, me, let me see. Is there anything else? I think there's a similar complaint with, new, with Super Mario 3D Land where the bosses of the fortresses are not very that exciting. They use the same boss every single time. The one for Super Mario World. What are those called again? Rinzors. Rinzors, yeah. They always use Ooh. the Rinzors. You know, I, I, I like the Rinzors, I think they're awesome, but yeah, like you said, man, well, even in Super Mario World, they're not really too terribly difficult, but man, they just seem really easy in this yeah. game. I mean, they seem, out of, they seem out of place, almost. Yeah, it's like, especially, I think, like, the first, like, mid-castle type of thing that you fight, you know, they're there, and there are only, like, two of them, and it's like, I beat these guys in, like, two seconds. So. Those are, like, those are the, the dinosaurs that are on, like, the rotating platform, Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Dinosaurs on a rotating platform. That's weird. And, they, yeah. they show up in this? Yeah, and they, they do spit fireballs, but, it, like, it's... Seems like it takes a while before they start doing that, and also it takes a little bit before the ground, you know, on the ground level stuff starts breaking too. Right, um, you could usually kill like one or two before you even needed to like oh yeah. jump off the ground. Like on this one, like in one of the castles, you could kill like four of them before that even happens, and it's like, man, Weird. this is pretty easy. And that, that's in, that's like in every like midway castle. Yep. I yeah, I believe so. Yep. So. Wow. Weird. Weird um, choice. So an- another thing is that the setup of the game and how you progress is also very different than from the other New Super Mario Bros. games. So there are six regular worlds. And there are two additional worlds on the world map. Um, those you can access by entering uh, special cannons where you act like Dash Mario where you can only jump and try to reach the end. Um, and those particular worlds don't have a fortress level. 
and you won't, won't know which type of level will be awaiting once you enter it. <laughs> so they kind of mix it up a bit, but um, they are very short, especially with not having that fortress in place. Right. Did Did you find that with the um, you know, the meta game of collecting the coins? Did that encourage you to play the game differently? I've read some things from people saying that you know they were maybe going going for coins and doing things they wouldn't normally do, since there is this uh. You know, seeming, I guess, sort of importance on the coins. For my regular playthrough, I did not. Um, okay. I I just acted like it was a Mario game. Um, mm-hmm. um, with Coin Wars, definitely, I definitely went after all the coins. Um, but for, for my first playthrough, um, which I wrapped up today again, I haven't didn't have the thought from like I need to collect more. Um, I if if I, if I had played in plain view with like the gold rings, which pop up and turn everything into gold, of course you will collect a few coins. But um, it was definitely not my main focus. Um, after you finish the game, there's also again the, the similar to New Super Mario Bros. We the Ninth World, where you get like additional ones by having a certain amount of um, those oh, coins, sure. in, coins in place. Yeah. Um, but. Those stakes are really high, and you need to collect a lot of of those um, big coins to get them. Mm-hmm. So there's also a lot of time involved, and a lot of timely matter involved with that. So you will have more playing time collecting those than going through the actual stages, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, f- I know for myself, like uh, I don't know. It seems like as of late, I've been kind of more into games where you're actually collecting. Uh, random thingamabobs, kind of, almost kind of like, you know, what you saw back in the N64 days, what, but, you know, take it to an extreme, which is a little ridiculous. But with, I, I don't know, at least I felt, you know, yeah, you're collecting coins and it's always keeping track of how many you have. It's kind of like that, but it's, it's kind of like nonchalant in a way that you're like, cool, I can collect these coins. I like collecting this stuff and it feels pretty good. And, you know, that's that. And obviously if there's no reward for it, well, that kind of blows but um you know it for me i, I just kind of like that aspect it's it's like a collectathon but it's not there's like no pressure to really do it it's just you know there if you want to and sure you know yeah so and you know another thing too actually to go back to the actually the golden mario you know when you get the golden flower actually i don't know about you don but i, I found it actually pretty satisfying to you know actually first Fire that golden fireball and see oh, well, all those yeah, blocks definitely. turn into a coin. That that's really satisfying. I really did <laughs> enjoy that. I mean, it's kind of like cheesy, but I think it's it's kind of a cool power up. You know, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a cool power, but it's only a one use power, which makes it a bit saddening. Yeah, so that's kind of lame. But yeah, yeah. Um, I have either of you played the multiplayer yet? Nope. No. Okay. Yeah, I did. I didn't think so. I'm interested to, to hear some more opinions on that. Yeah, I, I was going to hop online and play... Oh, wait a second. There's no online on this. I'll insert the uh, Mario dying sound effect. <laughs> but, um, alright. Well, let's go ahead and move on. I think we've talked plenty about New Super Mario Bros. 2, and I'm sure there'll be more of that upcoming once it hits here in America. Um, so let's go next to Oni Training, which, frankly, is a game I know very little about. So <laughs> I will leave it to you guys. Oni Training is the new game in in the series of Dr. Karashima. Um, it's the direct sequels to the games on the Nintendo DS. And Oni, tra- Oni Training, or Brain Training in Europe. Um, Oni means demon, and what demon stands for in this game is that some of the exercises 
definitely in the Oni part of the of the game are very difficult. And every time you hit a certain percentage in a certain exercise you're doing, and at the end of each part of the exercise you get rated in a certain percentage, um, you have the chance to level up, um, remain on that same level if you're lower than 85 and higher than 65 percent. And if you're lower than 65%, you will go a level down, which will make it easier for you. Um, next to the Oni training exercises, there are classic exercises from the older brain training games, which are, so there are nine new and nine old exercises. Um, then there are more memory-based exercises. There are uh, a few relaxation games. Um, and there's also a few special training games. So there's quite a lot of variety packaged in um, Oni Training. Um, you can only play it for like, you can only play one exercise one time a day, so it's not like with the older games that you could press the button and even though it wouldn't um, record your score, you could play it again. That's not the case here. Only with the relaxation games you can go back and play how many you like. Um, with the rest of the games, it's, it is only possible to play it once a day. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, Minoru, in the our most recent episode of the Famicast, he actually pointed out in one of the latest Iwata Asks from Japan about this game that Iwata, whenever he was testing out this game, he found that, you know, his, at the time, you know, test subjects who were playing this game who played more than, like, 40 minutes a day would actually, like, decrease in their, like, results and see decreases in their results and stuff like that, whereas people that played, you know, 40 minutes or under would you know, usually see better results and improvements and stuff like that. So it's essentially like playing too much of the stuff would kind of make people dumber. It's kind of like what Minori said. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but you know, obviously this isn't the kind of game that, at least for like a lot of the training stuff that you would just sit around and play for like four hours straight. Right. Uh, typical for most people. Well, the, least, game, you know. the game forces also to, also to not do that. So Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that, also, that kind of speaks to just playing, like, any game for too long. I mean, I'm sure we've all had those moments where you've been playing a game for a few hours, you get to a boss or a hard part, you just can't beat. Then you stop, and you come back the next day, and you get it, like, on your first try. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? It's kind of interesting. Like, you just get, like, sort of mentally fatigued, and yeah. so uh, just in the same way with these games. Yeah, Pushmo is a perfect example of that. I yes. Guess. Yes. I, th I, think, I, think most, um, I think most of your time will actually be spent on those Arnie exercises, because um, those were run for five minutes each and have a time limit. So between that time, you can go level levels down and up. And at the end, it um, the level you're currently at will 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 be tracked and record. Um, so there is like in Oni, which I unlocked so far, there's a memory game where you have to check different numbers on the cards and uh, make sure they um, make pairs. Um, there are um, a math game where you have to remember two different um, sums in your head, well, there are the regular ones are still scrolling down. So there's a lot of uh, working memory involved with that one. And then there's the third one I just unlocked is um, where there's a mouse between a whole bunch of cats and then um, they turn all into blocks. So you have to try to follow the mouse when new cats and mouses come in and all kinds of di different objects. Um which are all kind of challenging when you move on to the higher parts. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I was doing the two-back thing that Don was just talking about where the different sums are listed. And at first they have you just doing, you know, one sum back. So they have, like, one very similar or very uh, uh, simple addition or subtraction problem up there, like, you know, one minus one. And they say, okay, remember the answer to that. That's going to move down to, you know, an area where you can't see, and a new one's going to come up. So basically you should remember both of them, but, you know, you want to write them in the order that they come down. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's not that bad. But when they start doing two-back... I was just getting completely screwed up. And well, well they, they, they will warm you up to it because they this first go to they go to normal one level one speed, then high mm-hmm. level one speed, then mm-hmm. normal level two speed, then high level two speed. But that so, doesn't take away from the fact that it is insane and not not easy. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, I didn't have much problems with two one, but because possibly I played the demo too much. Okay. Um, I, I had problems with the with the free one though, which comes after. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, I'm doing pretty good at memory one. I'm already at, l- at level 11 on that level. Oh, wow. Um, cool. And I made a secondary account to check how um, how it will compare your, your data between different people. Uh-huh. And so it's, it does it like a, like a sort of versus mode where it checks the different stats and you become kind of your rivals and to try to do yourself a better job next time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting. And um, Karashima is also dropping daily knowledge when you enter the game. So today he talked about uh, the physical and internal workings of working memory. And mm-hmm. while he was doing that, he was making eggs. And at the <laughs> end, it uh, the, the breakfast landed on its head and he said, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, the game's full of, you know, this, obviously, Dr. Kawashima and that uh, that weird head that you saw in the original Brain brain Age games, mm-hmm. Brain Training, whatever you want to call them, and, uh, I mean, he's there, and, like, I think I was, whatever, he was saying something and talking about working memory, and then his head opened up, and something came out of it, I was like, what is going on here, this is insane. <laughs> They, they, um, they, they, they use Karoshima way more than the original games, and I like them for that, because yeah. um, it, it makes it more interactive, too. Exactly. And two, there's, there's, it's also like spoken dialogue. He's talking to you with spoken dialogue, whereas, at least the first one, I, I never really played the second one on the DS, but it's just, you know, text and stuff. I mean, obviously they have text in the 3DS one, but they also do the spoken dialogue, which is kind of I I wonder how they're going to do that in the Western versions. Yeah, you know, thinking of even just the theme of the game, you know, it's Oni training, it's, you know, demon training. Obviously, demons have different connotation in the West than what they do in Japan. Um, so I think, you know, that's going to be changed, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? You get some kind of, maybe some kind of fundamentalist group talking about, oh, that's evil or something. But that, that is definitely not what they're trying to do. It's just trying mm-hmm. to emphasize, like, this is insane and really hard. So, and this is kind of, you know, it's just kind of like their way of doing it in this, in this sense, so. Did, um, did this release at like a budget price in Japan? It, it did. It cheaper? Relative, relatively budget price, uh, it's 3,800 yen, something like 43 bucks or something. And um, what's a normal, what's a normal 3DS game out there? Usually about 4,800 to, between 4,800 to 6,000. It depends on the companies and stuff like that, so. Okay, yeah, that that sounds about right because I know when Brain Age came out here, it was like twenty dollars versus mm-hmm. thirty or whatever. Exactly. So. so, yeah, so that's that's nice. And um, actually, <laughs> speaking of the price, um, you know, obviously these two games, you know, New Super Mario Brothers Two and Oni Training, are the start of Nintendo's online initiative to download 
you know, fully, uh, full retail games to, you could either, you know, obviously you can buy the, the cartridge version or you could download them from the eShop or buy some kind of a special card from a retail store. Right, so, with like a download code. Exactly. And for me, I know Don, Don with the option, cause I mean, obviously he doesn't, he doesn't live in Japan, so it's, it's best for him just, you know, to do what he did on the eShop and that's, you know, simple and fine and great. Um, for me, I wanted to get the physical version of Mario, and then I wanted to get the digital version of Oni Training. And, and I was thinking, man, I want to save a little bit of money, so I'll just buy the digital version at, like, you know, a shop, this electronic store that I go to and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so when I was going to pick up the games on Saturday morning, when it came out on the 28th, um, well, first of all, I couldn't find the download cards anywhere in the store. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'll just take the regular case up and then just... See if, you know, they just have them back at, you know, behind the counter or, behind the counter, sure. or whatever. And, you know, what's cool about Japan, like when you're buying games, like retail games, you know, even though, like I said, the price could be listed at 4800 um, usually for games that are that much, you're going to get it for about like 4000 So, you know, that, that's, that's pretty cool. It's not like America where, you know, it says, you know, the re- suggested retail price is like 4999 You go to Walmart, you get it for like 4896 Wow. Right. <laughs> you know, hmm. um, so in Japan, you know, you can get a little bit of a discount on the games and stuff. So I was figuring, man, you know, maybe I'll be able to get this digital card for, you know, the same amount that I can get the retail game, right? Makes sense. It's taking mm-hmm. up less space on the shelves and all that type of stuff. And so, I, you know, I got up there. I asked about the digital cards. They went searching for them, which took about five minutes. They couldn't even find them on their floor. Um they came back and I noticed that it was, you know, several hundred yen more expensive than the actual cart version. And I was like, man, that's lame. <laughs> but, you know, I bought it anyways. And, you know, I actually wrote a bit of a, like a blog post about this. And you think, you would think that they would at least be the same price. Um, and you, sometimes you even think to yourself, like, why in the world would these be, you know, a little bit more expensive, and you know, p- part of it could be just. Uh, I think somebody mentioned this in the the re- in the uh, the the forum thread uh, with this with my blog post that you know it's kind of like a way for the retailers to kind of fight back. I mean, Nintendo's right. including them in this new initiative, which I think is great, but obviously, you know, sooner or later, there's going to be a, di- a digital future, you know, for games. It's going to be a while yet, and I think Nintendo's being really great about, you know, kind of pushing this. And, um, you know, it just might be a way of stores kind of looking out for the long term. It's kind of thinking like, wow, maybe in like 10 years, we won't even have these cards or these carts. So let's just kind of push this off as far as we can. So well, I, and like, I don't know how big resale is out there, but I can imagine out here, like GameStop doing that for sure. Because I mean, that's their whole model. They can't mm-hmm. re, you know, you can't later sell those cards back to them for them to sell to other people. So exactly. of course they're going to want to per, you know, push the, the physical version. Right. And the secondhand market, it's, it's pretty big here too. The only difference is when you get your games, it's not going to be like a cartridge that's smashed without a case <laughs> and a ripped in half instruction manual or something, you know, it, things are actually in like good condition or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And I don't know. I just wasn't really thinking about that when I was, you know, buying it. I was thinking, man, these things take up less space on the retail shelves. How the hell is this more expensive than, you know, a retail version, which is taking up a hell of a lot more space? Right. And, and not only that, it's cheaper to produce for, you know, the, the, the company producing it. Exactly. I mean, Piece of paper, you know, cardboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to um, Freaky Forms Deluxe. Okay. 
Freaky Forms Deluxe is the new retail version of Freaky Forms, which is an eShop title that came out a few months ago. Um, I bought it on Friday for 30 bucks. Um, it is quite similar setup as the the regular game, where they have uh, different. You have to create different formies and and put them in this open world environment. Um, after you put them in this um, open world environment, they will walk around, do different quests, um, poop out eggs like they used to, and you, of course you collect the various coins to buy uh, new parts and outfits. And of course you interact with other Hormes to collect them and add new parts to your catalog. Um, however, new to uh, Freaky Forms Deluxe is of course the use of dungeons. So, when you walk around in the world, you will encounter these dungeons at random and you will enter them automatically when you choose to. Um, then, your for me will get RPG stats and this will be based on its form, um, how the leg structure or how many wheels it has because you can also create car for me's or flying for me's or what have you. So, it will um, create star- stats based on that which are strength, defense, how lucky you are, and all of those other things you would expect from an RPG. You are will move it around exactly as you think you would in the normal in, in the normal freaky form, so with the touchscreen. And you will randomly encounter uh, different ty- different other types of formies which will also have different types of stats um, which you will have to battle. Um between them, you have to collect various items which restore your health, and you can pick up treasure chests which will contain coins or new uh, formy designs or what else you can find there. At the end, you will have to fight a boss. Um, this will give you their design to you. So I got the first boss, and I can with him I can walk around through the environment, which is freaking awesome. And um, those parts will be also added in the catalog, so you can create all sorts of weird, obscure things with it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's still, again, it's still quite similar to the regular game, but if you want to know which version to get, it's definitely this one, because there's they have added like 1,000 new parts to it, um, in, and in the regular game, and plus all the parts of the RPG you collect. Um... So it's it's a lot of fun to play. Um, another thing they've added was um, the inclusion of local and download play, um, in which you can create uh, formies based on a theme or without a theme, and you showcase them. The neat touch here is that um, when you're done, you can save the formies on both two 3DSs that um, that were playing the game. So the QR code, the QR code, and um, the image will be saved. And at, okay. at the very end, you can also make a neat group photo of all the formies of all the um, people that were involved. <laughs> so, mo- so multiplayer is a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun creating with uh, a smaller cousin of mine, creating different types of formies and uh, seeing what the outcome would be. It was it was it was a really fun addition to the game. So those two are the biggest additions to the game. The rest is quite similar to. How it's set up. There is more content. There is more. There is more um, options for you to play with, but the the game at its core is still the same deal. Okay. You know, I I played quite a bit of the original one, and I thought 
well, I thought it wasn't bad. I was always felt, I always felt like, man, there's a little bit lacking here. And I kind of wish that they would have had like this dungeon stuff in the original one. I don't know if I'd pay something, you know, around the tune of like 30 bucks for it, but I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, the, 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 depending on what kind of person you are, even with the original, there is a ton of stuff that you can do in terms of like being creative and making a bunch of different types of formies. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I like that to an extent, but I was just kind of hoping for a little bit more than that personally. Um, cause for mm-hmm. me, I just, I can only create so many phallic shaped creatures. So. <laughs> this, uh, this game was actually a hit at PAX East. I'd never even played it, but, um, a lot of people like, you know, Johnny and Neil and others had already had it downloaded and were just like street passing these just crazy, um, you know, like formies and stuff and just like yeah. laughing at just the crazy things that people created. So uh, uh, I, I think in that setting, it's yeah. very rewarding. But I, I feel like, yeah, if you're just anywhere. And, uh, yeah, hey. but I, th- I think that it will be perfect for events to use the download play feature and see what else you can come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, a cool, a cool thing is that all my formies of the original game were transported through an update for the original Freaky Forms in, um, in Europe. Oh, cool. So, so I downloaded the update and every single Freaky Form I made became available in my, in my thingy in the, in the, in my download data of the SD card on, in the, in the new game. Oh, wow. So it, all those are available right from the start, which is quite cool. Nice. So, so it also lessens, lessened like some of the things I had to do. So it became a lot more enjoyable in that fashion too. Nice. And Scott, like I said, I think you hit the, hit the nail right in the head. I mean, for me, I didn't really have anybody to play this game with, you know, with the original right. one. So, I mean, yeah, I can make a bunch of weird and kind of funny looking monsters, but it's just for my own amusement, you know, and that's, that's about it. So uh, it's, it's just, it, for me, it was kind of a missed opportunity. I wish I had more friends around me that had 3DSs. Um, I mean, yeah, James is here, but I mean, we live pretty far apart, so I can't, and he yeah. doesn't have the game anyway. Um, but <laughs> I, f- I, f- I, f- I think you would like the RPG po- components then, because it gives the more depth to why you would make all these different types of monsters. Yeah, because I mean, with the original one, I felt like kind of forced into creating some things sometimes. Like, oh, here's a new part, you gotta do this. If you do this and play around a little bit, well, unlock a different part of this world. You know, you could have new trees or you know whatever. Just something kind of crazy. It, Not bad, but it just seemed like man, I just wish. And, it was a and that's more. and that's maybe what the the best thing about Freaky Forms Deluxe is. It gave it gives everything more of a purpose. Um, it, it's, it's not necessarily for everybody. Again, it's 30 euros, so it, it's a budget title, but it's like, you have to still consider in consideration if it's something for you or not. If you liked the original, I think it's highly suggestive that you give it a try. Um, it, it expands upon it in every single way, um, but if you didn't like it as much, I don't think this will change your mind. For creating formies again with other people is insanely fun, and um, even when you don't have the game, you can save those pics to your SD card and send them to other people, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. It's a neat touch. Um, so I will quickly go over the other game, the final game, which is New Art Academy. New Art Academy is a lot of fun. I like it. It's <laughs> I, it's one of my favorites now. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't create 3D art as in color 3D. And that's what, not what it sends, what it sets out to be. To start with. Um, New Art Academy expands upon the original. And there is now more tool sets. There is a quite bunch more of tools you can use. Um, 
there's a lot of Nuau crayons. There are um, different types of uh, pens. There are different types of um, um, H HBs, whatever you okay. like. HB pencils, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, HB pencils, yeah. There, there. So there's not only paint in there. There's all the different types of um, color schemes and te uh, things you can use to make your drawings more and interesting to yourself. Cool. Um, you know, so there actually, are, you know, sp as we say, speaking of HB pencils, like you know, here in Japan, like if I don't know, Scott, like you know, if you're taking like a, a test, like when you're a kid or whatever, a student, and you know, there's like those fill in the circle tests that you know the teachers can just feed through like a machine and right, the uh, the the scantron test exactly, yeah. and you have to use the number two pencils. Well, yes, I know at least here in Japan, I don't I don't know about Europe, but I mean, they don't really have number two pencils. They have HB pencils, and I guess there's different you know, versions, darkness and stuff like that. And I don't know. So I was telling, like, I, I work at a school and I was telling my students, I was like, yeah, man, like, we, I didn't even know <laughs> what this means, HB. I mean, probably somebody who's familiar with it would be like, it means this, idiot. I'm like, sorry, yeah. I just didn't know that. I was only exposed to number two pencils. So, God. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you can well, you can also, you can particularly use the, the, the two pencil if you would like. There are different yes! sizes, too. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, the the game the game features um, thirty new lessons from the get go, so there are a couple of introductory lessons. The first lesson teaches you how to make a cherry, um, which it does it step by step. So creating the form factor, um, creating shadow, um, making um, the round edges to them, making all of everything black, and add then the light effects to the cherry. It introduces everything in a very nice fashion, and um, you will be creating art in no time. Well, how which about the flavor? <laughs> <laughs> which, you, which you can do in free paint, which allows you to make anything you like. Uh, you can even import uh, things from your SD card, like a photo, to have that as a reference, and if you want to make something in particular. Um, and you can save those to a digital gallery, which you can uh, furnish yourself. And which you can send through SpotPass, so other people on your friends list can look at your gallery, uh, which is a quite a neat touch. Um, another thing is that you can make your own custom lessons with your own pictures from the SD card, your own descriptions, and everything you like. You still have to follow like the basic steps, like um, making the edges, the shadow, and what have you. But in but in those three factors, you can do whatever you like. And you can then up, share it up to 12 people for local play. Cool. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I might add. And then so you will get new messages from the game for Spot Pass. And again, you will exchange those data. And there will also be new level uh, lessons available free and paid for um, very shortly. Um, hopefully in the coming weeks. Hmm. Did you did you find that it was pretty easy to use the uh, the touch screen in that drawing manner? Like, were you able to be fairly creative and it it, it guides you in a way that um, it feels very natural. And when you start doing it, um, similar to how it was set up in the original Art Academy, it kind of helps you to do things better. So you can activate a grid and then follow the grid as closely as possible from the top to the bottom screen, and then it. And then it will say from, and this is how you do this thing, and this is how you mix that up. So it it 
helps you through the experience and makes you to help making art better. So it's a very creative tool, it is a very interesting tool, and it's a very good learning tool for people who want to learn to draw. Um, and it exp again, it expands upon the original in every single way. They don't use the 3D effects uh, to a bigger extent. They are using it in the gallery in some of the introductions. Uh, they're not using it for the drawings, which again, that is not what they're, uh, what they're going to do, because color 3D is... is if I have to make a comparison, that was basically made to make 3D paintings and for people that can already make paintings. This is really for the people that want to learn how to draw and in how the different matters they can approach certain things. And the game says it the best. There is no right and wrong. You can do it however you like and in every fashion you like. So it's it's fun to to toy around the different aspects of a painting and see how you personally can make it work. And I was kind of surprised by my own results as a guy who has never painted in his life. <laughs> <laughs> have you been able to transfer your skills? Like, have you been able to just grab a piece of paper and, like, draw something that you drew in the game? I did. I draw the exact same cherry I did in the game. Just well, there for, you go. Yeah, I am... Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a pretty nice tool set they have there, but um, with a pencil now I can do it quite well as well. And I have to admit they have like, what is it, like 72 different types of pencils and crayons. And they have the entire swap palette of colors if you use paint. Mm -hmm. So there's an, a lot to play with. Cool. Sounds pretty pretty neat. And now was that, um I don't know, was that retail or was that eShop? That's, that's also retail, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's everything on our list. Yeah, it's everything, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, thank you, uh, Don and Danny, for joining me. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully the listener have enjoyed this uh, very uh, 3DS-centric episode, or uh, segment, I should say, and uh, a little bit of what's on the horizon. Um, especially if you don't live in Japan or Europe, anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you live in Japan or Europe, you're probably set. And that will do it for episode 45. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, if you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be wonderful. We'd love if you followed all of us on Twitter. Uh, you can find our handles by going to nintendoworldreport.com and clicking on the Twitter sidebar. So that will do it for this week. We'll see you next time.